At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Please join me, Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and other Game Wardens on our adventures protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun, all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experiences of those who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigation, murder investigation, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from game wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, the commitment, and the stories of those men and women that call themselves game wardens. This is Game Warden, Wayne Saunders, and this is Warden's Watch. Episode 81, Rachel Turner Diaz, Waterways Conservation Officer, Pennsylvania Fish and Boat Commission. So in this episode of Warden's Watch, we are with Rachel Turner Diaz. And we just went through the whole name thing because... I guess this Yankee has never seen a uh, hyphenated double name before, and I got the explanation from Rachel on why that is, and that's pretty common in Spanish and Mexican cultures, apparently. Which, thanks for the education, Rachel. Absolutely. And thanks for being on the Warden's Watch podcast. I'm uh, glad to be here. Uh, really? Because I, 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 I actually, okay. I actually <laughs> listen to the Thin th- Green Line podcast and excellent the Warden's Watch podcast. So when Clyde cool. told me yesterday, I was like. You know, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, uh, great. And I'm calling my friends like, no way, tomorrow I get to be on that. So, oh, yeah, that's I was great. excited. No, I'm glad you're excited because <laughs> I thought it was kind of an order when the colonel calls up and says, I got the perfect person for you. She's going to be there tomorrow. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, oh, boy, that's going to be a tough one. So No, absolutely not. <laughs> great. Nope. And you did, you did say that you had kind of an interesting story. I, I got to hear the interesting. Is it the interesting story how you ended up being? No, I just, I just think I'm in. Interesting in general, I guess. I'm, well, when you start <laughs> off a podcast with an interesting person, especially when they think they're interesting, how can you go wrong? I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm me, I guess you could say. A lot of people, if you ask, 
they know of me or you know my personality so it's gonna be a lot more people to know of you after this podcast <laughs> I, I will tell so. you that probably not good or bad who knows uh, you, you just don't know <laughs> you, you really don't know I've had we're, we're here at the Great American Outdoor Show and I've had some really cool things happen today to me just people that listen to the podcast you know the general public come up and say are you Wayne Saunders? And, and I'm like, yeah. And they, I, I had to sign my cards and do things like that. And our, our fans, the one that came up to me, wants to be a game warden. He's in a cubicle. He wants to get out. And I encourage him to get out. Mm-hmm. Get out of your cubicle. Follow your passion. So every day you go to work, you're not working. That's right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so. how did you do that? <laughs> well, um, I grew up locally in the Harrisburg area, more towards Gettysburg. Lots of people know Gettysburg because of the battlefield. I lived in that area. My dad, truck driver, my mom, she was a stay-at-home mom, and I grew up in the outdoors. So my dad found a a local community that had a lake on it. And down here, that's not very common. You either get your state park or you have like the river. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't have a lot of lakes like that. He thought it would be a good opportunity to raise his children hunting, fishing, boating, and things like that. So they bought a house in this community, and they've been there ever since. So I grew nice. up I grew up close to water and learning from my dad, the outdoors and stuff like that. So it's been in my blood since I've been so little. a perfect segue to be a waterway conservation officer. But the funny thing is I didn't want to do anything like this whenever I had gone out of college. So what did you go to college for? Well, first, I guess in high school, I wanted to be a physical therapist. I went to college for biology pre-med. I was on a scholarship for track and field. I threw... So like shot put, discus, javelin, that kind of stuff. It was about two or three years in with my pre-med major. I decided, you know what? I like the outdoors too much. I'm just going to drop my pre-med major and become a biology major. Hmm. It was big when the Marcellus Shale was out, you know, the type of wildlife biologist and field biologist. And that was come, that was something which my boyfriend at the time is now my husband. Mm-hmm. So we were both biology majors and we both wanted to do something outdoors. And you met in college? I did. We ended up being from hometowns probably 40 minutes away. We met four hours away <laughs> in college, did the same major, and we both were on the track team. Huh. So we always say I'm the girl version of him and he's the guy version of me because we're one and the same. I decided that I wanted to do some type of field work outside. And my parents, you know, they're like, oh, you want to be a, you know, PT, you know. And then they're thinking, what kind of job are you going to get doing right. this? They, they want to know what kind of money you're going to make. Right. What are you, what are you going to do with this? And mm-hmm. I thought I'd go work for the private sector drilling and things like that up here because it was big. My husband, who was a year ahead of me, ended up getting a job as a microbiologist at a local lab, which that's where I had started. The month that I had graduated, this job had come open. And let me backtrack. In college, I had a degree, or I had an internship with DEP, which is our Department of Environmental Protection. I worked with um, West Nile virus as well mm-hmm. as black fly. So, like the gnats that are in front of your face all the time that you swap, swipe away. Here in Pennsylvania, we actually have a program that mitigates that where we... Um, I don't have to swipe gnats in front of so, my face anymore? Right. So what they do is they spray them in the water when their larva pupae kills them so that we don't have to deal with black bites yeah, up here. Yeah, 
That's awesome. So I good would, reason to move to Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. So here on the river, they would do that, which I was an intern. I was taking samples, making sure that the mm-hmm. the treatments were working, as well as West Nile virus, which is huge here in Pennsylvania. Mm. Just mitigating standing water and things like that. So I had done my internship with them, and like I said, my husband was a year ahead of me. And he had, we both knew we were thinking maybe state jobs then because I had worked with DEP. And he had applied to be a game warden, actually. He didn't uh, score high enough. And then when he did, the class ended up falling through. So he had applied for more jobs in the, the Commonwealth. He ended up getting a job with what we call our uh, our trout stocking fish culturist. So he mm. raises and stocks trout for the Fish and Boat Commission. Nice. So he was with the agency a year prior to me. So I went on our civil service site and I saw that a waterways conservation officer was open. So I was like, yeah, why not? I mean, I boat, I fish. Yeah. I'm an outdoorsman. So go for it. For us, it takes a year process to be hired. Applied for in June. (laughs) So I had to get a job. And then my husband proposed to me. So then I was engaged. And then... I was doing that the whole entire year. They were you do different processes, and mm-hmm. come come May, I was down to the last leg of the, and I would have to go to the academy in July. This is going to screw up your it. wedding. I can see it this. did. It did I screw up. So so I got past like the second the second tier. So you do what a, a PT test, and then you do an in, or you do a oral interview mm-hmm. and then that time i was planning on having a fall wedding mm-hmm. and then i was like well what if i get this yeah. so then we're like oh we're just gonna have to push it up to may push my wedding up to may five days from my birthday <laughs> i get mother's day my birthday and my anniversary All in May. Into it. yeah it's just you know here's here's your gift <laughs> right so uh, got married and then a month later i went off to the academy for a year great but my husband loved it because he's an outdoorsman. So yeah. all he did, he had bachelor life. Like he, had, <laughs> he hunted, fished, went to the gym, and went to work every day. Loved it. Oh, man. So you get married, then <laughs> you're a bachelor. That's married life for sure, huh? <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, that's kind of how it went for me. And then I went to the academy. So it's pretty much straight out of college. Hmm. I went into the academy. So Nice. Yeah, it worked out. That, that's that's pretty smooth. And in your academy is is a little different than Games Academy. It is. Uh, you guys go to the State Police Academy initially. We do. Yep. State Police teaches us the Act One Twenty Municipal Police Officers Academy. I went to. That's a big word for people <laughs> that aren't familiar with it. <laughs> what <laughs> the Act One Act One Twenty? That's what it's called. That's okay. your certification to become. So in ours. State state officers don't need to go through the Municipal Police Officer Academy. So state police holds their own academy. And like a game and officer, a game officer holds their own. They yep. still are law enforcement officers. Mm-hmm. So what that's we, the authority given is Act 120, was it? Correct. Oh. Yes. For the local guys, okay. the local police officers. Because we're not called the Sheriff's Department. It's a local department. Yeah. They're just officers. Okay. State police will teach that. So we go to the state police, they teach us our police powers and duties, and then after six months, we graduate from there, and then we go to the... But it's just conservation, waterway waterway conservation officers that go to this class, and state police, but it's integrated so with we state can, police. So they can do different, they can have local guys go to it, and the okay. state police can teach it, or like our DCNR rangers can go to it. It's just another 
DCNR is at uh, Parks? It's our Parks. Okay. Yeah. So Pennsylvania's got our three different ones. Yeah. But yeah, so state police just teaches that nice. for us. Or some guys go to the actual uh, police academy. Like I went to a satellite. Mm-hmm. So their main is in Hershey. But I went to like the Erie area when I was in the academy. So Is that for special it's satellite just where or just timing? <clears throat> it's timing, whether or not they had room, if they're putting state police is putting a class through or, or gotcha. what it is. So So they have satellite training places all over the state. They do. For each region. Okay. And I just ended up going to, to Meadville. Yeah. So and then after that we go to our our own conservation academy, which is a half a year as well which is in state college, which is in the center of the state. Nice. Um, yeah. And then they, in that we FTO, we FTO for the trout season and then the FTO for a boating season. And mm-hmm. then officers are commissioned the week before the 4th of July usually. So their wow. first week is the, the busiest week of the year pretty oh, much. So that's by fire. It you is. Know, you, throw it is. Right you throw them right in and just, so you, you, know, you remember your first 4th of July weekend? I don't. No. <laughs> no. It's a blur. It's, I don't remember what it, no. Uh, how much boat operation do you get in your academy? Not too much. No. Um, in, in the, I think we were out on the boat maybe. Well, you got to think, we FTO. So most mm. of the time, they you go in and you boat with those different officers for the most okay. part. So they introduce you to different types of boats drive anything from well we just got the motorized kayaks to a, really? a 16 foot john boat to the big boats out on erie yeah and out on the three rivers and stuff like that those big safe boats that we call them for most part most of us are running john boats or like grady's mm-hmm. or monarchs so those are your go-to's yeah 20 footers 16 footers for mm-hmm. the water in pennsylvania really yeah for the most part, most of my class had a, a good amount of experience with that. But we got that basic stuff. And then once you go to FTO, they put you with a diverse amount of different FTOs. And you get all that different training in different areas. Like I went to the Erie area. And then I went to Raystown, which is a big area in the middle. And then Philadelphia. So you get a variety of different officers and how they do things. Mm. So... It was good training. And then obviously when you get into your area, then you just find your niche as to, to what you usually Right. Whether operate. it's a motorized kayak or... That sounds fun, actually. That's brand new. They just got these things. So wow. we'll see how it goes. So the guy's got to go watching for these motorized kayaks coming at him now. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, you guys how have am jet I gonna... skis too? We do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just fun. Yeah. I like to work undercover on jet ski. Uh, I bet it's very effective. It is. <laughs> Yeah, I, see you later. You, yeah, I was going to say, when you pull up right beside them, they're like, uh, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Lake Erie had to be fun, too. Big water. Yeah, Lake Erie's big water. I mean, it's what you like. Lots of walleye. Walleye. Yeah. So, I'm used to the river. We have a decent pool. It's called... So, we call our... The river gets broken up by the dams, the big dams. And then they're pretty much called lakes. Because oh. they're pretty much lakes right. with these big dams. So we run uh, Long Level and Conowingo Reservoir that goes down to yeah. the to the Maryland Bay. So mm-hmm. Chesapeake Bay. It's pretty weird water down there, too. It's just not the tidal like it is up there. So, huh. 
So how many females does the, because I've, I've been on this, because it's hard to get female interviews, to be honest <laughs> with you, female officer <laughs> interviews. Uh, I try like crazy. Uh, Heidi Murphy, our lieutenant, uh, she's a sergeant now, so she actually went back in the field. So we had a good conversation about that. But uh, we have one in the state of New Hampshire, and uh, Utah, I believe, last I knew, had one. They may have more at this point, but it, it's... It's very difficult to, to get interviews when you guys are a minority <laughs> among game wardens. Yeah. So before I came on seven years ago, we had one. And that's a great duo. The Czech family, her husband's a game officer and she's the fish officer. Oh, cool. She's in Philadelphia. So she's been on 20 plus years, yeah. I think 20, 25 years. Yeah. They have, so she's been down there with her husband and she was the only one for a while. And then I came on. I believe they had one in the interim, but as of now, we have four, I believe, four officers who awesome. are females. Two two came out of the last class that are here. Nice. Four how, many, how many officers total? Do you know that? Uh, or guesstimate? 70? 70? Yeah. So, it's, it's still pretty minority. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's pretty much, well, there's four of us, so one per, there's six regions, almost one per region. None of us are in the same region. We're all over the place. Yeah, so. for sure. That's that's cool. So if I had to do the ratio, so I'm thinking that's yeah, 70 officers, four females. That's uh, that's kind of like it is nationwide. So I'm encouraged. Though I'm teaching college now, and I'm encouraged the amount of females that are interested. You know, here today, a female came up to the booth, young girl, and she's mm-hmm. senior, and she wants to be a game warden. Very encouraging. And so they were quizzing me and about colleges <laughs> and things like that. I don't know any colleges down here, but I. Gave her as much information as I could. And I gave her a podcast card and said, hey, you should listen to this to see, make sure you really want it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, this is a great job. Yeah. It is. And you have kids too right now. I have two Two. kids. I have a four-year-old daughter and a two-year-old son. And how's that working out with the responsibilities? It's, this is. working good? This is the best job I feel like I could do to raise a family. Because it's flexible? It's extremely flexible. Uh, Here in Pennsylvania, we. We have our own district, so I cover a county and a half Mm -hmm. myself. I cover Adams in Western York County. We have take-home vehicles. My office is in my house. Mm -hmm. We make our own schedules, pretty much. I can work four days at any combination of hours. You can split shift Mm. it. You can do any of that. Now, we have requirements on, like, working night shifts or working weekends, but pretty Mm -hmm. much I can flex my schedule to fit anything that I need to for my family. It has been a blessing truthfully Hmm. um, to do this job effectively I feel to do my job in its full capacity as well as being a full-time mom so it's it's amazing and can I be nosy ask what your husband does is he still in the microbiology area no if you remember I told you he works for fish and boat commission and he's still working at the hatchery yep he works at the fish hatchery you did tell me that I get to stock fish with him great so Oh, it's great. I'm his boss pretty much. So, uh. I mean. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know how other agencies do it, but us officers are a really big hand in stocking trout. We yeah. stock over 4 million trout uh. here in Pennsylvania. And That's the incredible. officers are like the keystone of that mm-hmm. because we're the local knowledge. We know the stops. We know our floaters, like the people who float through. We have to know bucket counts, how many fish go where, mm-hmm. all that. We keep landowner contacts and postings and things like that. It pretty much comes down to us as the officers. So No doubt. 
No doubt. And yeah. That, that's pretty unique. I was talking to your colonel about that because in New Hampshire we stock fish as well. But we never had turkeys when that was initiated. So we never had a turkey season and we do search and rescue. So sometimes we cancel a lot of fish loads, which messes the whole thing up. And it's, it's very difficult. But to have an agency that's specifically designated for that is really great because then it doesn't, you know, turkey hunting wouldn't affect you. Right. Where the game officers couldn't do it because they're out you know, working turkey hunters. Right. And this is something our public love yeah. and they live for, you know, we mm. have all of our stockings are public yep. knowledge and I rely on those people to help. So yeah. it's a, it's a event. I will tell you it is yeah. an event when you come stocking fish in Pennsylvania. So wow. I might, I might be at a spot and I'm stocking maybe 3,000 3, to 4,000 fish and I'm getting 50 plus people coming. To help that's, me stock fish. It's pretty slick. It is, except when it becomes an issue where, you know, we're on the major highway and, Ooh, yeah. you know, and, and everyone's pulling off the side of the road and you mm. got 20 cars following you. But, yeah. And that's what I'm there for traffic you're, you're control. You're running the blue lights and right. red lights here, maybe. Yes, red and yes, blue lights. Red and, and blue. And making sure everyone's safe, but making sure. And they sure run like a big old train. Everybody hands the fish and on they go. Well, no, they do it. So they have like buckets. Yeah. And they, they, run with buckets or we do a train with a net to, yeah. f to fill floats. We, we, we're big in float stocking. Really? Plain float stocking. Okay, I don't think so I'm familiar. Sure. Float stocking, they get, they make these like makeshift floating structures where they can hold maybe 300, 400 fish at a time. They might use like those big blue barrels, like a 50 gallon yeah. barrel, drill some holes in it. So it's floating in the water. So you get two guys. Yeah. Or you might get like, um, it's a, they might use uh, chicken wire and uh, four, two by fours with like little buoys on the side. So it floats. So it's pretty much carrying the fish in these big containers down the creek. We might, places that we can't get in or hard for me to pull over a lot of people on the road. Mm -hmm. I'll give our local help, maybe the Trout Unlimited guys or uh, the local sportsman club. I'll give them 400, 500 fish and they'll just spread them out the whole way down. Hmm. So they'll just drop a 10 fish here, 10 fish there. There might be big holes. So they just carry them maybe a mile, mile and a half or they so. They keep working out of this bucket. Out of this big bucket. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's a huge thing here that's in a, PA. That, that's a cool idea. So, yeah, it, oh. it, it helps us and it gets people involved and they love it. And it, it spreads the fish out so I don't have 300 hmm. fish sitting under the the main bridge. Where, you know, people could poach them out real quick. Yeah. You got to work for your fish. You got to, yeah. you know. And sometimes that's good to have like 300 there when you're sitting there watching in the woods and counting the number of this. So. That's true too. Yeah. But. I always just like to sweeten the pot there. So I, because I didn't <laughs> want to. That's what goldens are for. Uh, goldens? <laughs> Golden rainbow trout. So palomino. Are they stupid? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's that? What's, what do you mean that's for? I don't, I don't get it. What do you mean? Well, that's like, we call that like our bait. Like, that's like our decoy. Like everyone, if you, we say like, if you see that yellow in the water, people are going after it. Like these things, really? people are nuts for goldens. I didn't know that. It's like a thing. We only stock trophies too. So for the most part, so we only so stock. So if they're golden, it's a trophy generally. Well, it's gold. Yeah. It's a golden trout. You know, you see a big yellow 
goldfish in the water, wouldn't you want to catch it? No. Oh, no, they do. To, 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 to a trout, that's not a trout to me. That's, well, that's something wrong with that fish. <laughs> <laughs> well, down here, that's a that's one of our... I mean, it, they originated in West Virginia. That's why I love doing this, because I learned so much. <laughs> so, Palomino originated in West Virginia. After, Nothing against West Virginia. <laughs> right. So, that's a, that's a golden rainbow trout. So, it's pretty much a rainbow trout that is morphed to be yellow. Yellow mm. and pink. The Fish and Boat Commission, and I don't know if other states, so we don't do quite a Palomino. It's... Um, a golden rainbow trout and then they use like different type of food to like enhance its color it's pretty cool you have to look it up i don't know yeah i I guess so i mean if you catch a golden rainbow trout that's a big deal that's a big deal i might stock like three thousand fish but i might only put like 20 oh 20 of those big old yeah now when we're talking big old we're talking five pounds oh yeah three to five pounders yeah i mean they're huge and Mm -hmm. um like I said, they're just like, everyone's like... I would think they would get preyed on a lot by predators. Cause they, do. they do. because they're... Well, people no say, like, well, you know, and I should... If people are like, oh, they got poached out. The, the golden's got poached out. I'm like, yeah, by the osprey who yeah. got it last week. Yeah, because it's, it's easy to see. It's like <laughs> oh, a... one of those golden, tasty... deer in the woods, <laughs> yeah. you know? It's like, there it is. That thing doesn't belong. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. That's, that's very interesting. <laughs> I just never heard of the, the, I've heard of golden trout, but I always thought it was like hatchery raised and just like it is certain ha- Yeah, it's hatchery raised. Yeah. But I thought you had to like go to a, like a private place to fish. I didn't Not here in Pennsylvania. That, huh. They're, they're out there. Are you aware of any other states that do the, the stock? West Virginia must do the Palominos. They do. Yeah. And I don't think they do it. I think they do it as like production fish, as we would okay. call it, like your seven to 11 inches. Yeah. I don't, but we, we, we pride on that and and people love it it does yeah. it does help with our sales and things like that i know people from jersey are like we they ain't got over. none of them and they come like it it attracts a lot of people so mm. i mean if we're stocking four million fish yeah <laughs> well it was funny because uh gabriella hoffman she's another uh podcaster and she was doing some posts on golden trout and it was i could tell that they were all excited about catching them i'm like yeah, isn't that like a goldfish or something? <laughs> that's that's all I can think of. And but now you're explaining this, and now I understand. And they're super elusive. Like they won't bite anything. Oh, they're white. They should be. They should <laughs> they be just, running. They every, won't, every be, they won't they bite anything. So you know, if they cat, you catch it. You know, huh. you're considered. You know, a good fisherman if yeah. you can catch a golden rainbow trout. So huh. is that like do people like fly fish particularly spin or does it matter? All of it. You yeah. Know. You have fly fishing areas only? We do. Mm-hmm. Yep. We have artificial lure only fly fishing area or delayed harvest area or we have a whole bunch of that kind All of stuff. All kinds of yeah. rules and specifics and yes. people should get your book before they go fish. They should get our book yes. before they go fish. That's Absolutely. a good idea. Yeah. Do you guys have apps and everything now too? Yep. We have, I think it's a fish boat PA yeah, app that, that we have. Slick. It is. And then it's got those interactive maps that can show you, mm. you know, when, where we stock, when we stock, what kind of fish we stock, all that good stuff. Wow. The you only know, thing that, we don't tell you is how many. Yeah. But that used to be such a secret back in the day. It was. Uh, this is flashing back to my, when I started was my lieutenant like trained me that to dump water out on the, on the pavement <laughs> in certain spots and never put fish there and just drive away. So everybody thought the fish truck was there, but you never put any fish. So they'd go fish without any fish. And then you go sneak, you couldn't pull over. You'd have to be on the pavement. So it didn't make any marks. And it was pretty in-depth stocking. You didn't want anybody to know where you stocked and 
It was like, uh, well, we put them out there for catching fish. So right. Let's, let's, let's let them catch fish. And I'll let them know I'm there. And then I'll sit there and I'll make a couple tickets on it. So. <laughs> well, I got to experience that maybe not in the, the traditional manner, but when we had COVID, mm. you know, we didn't want the public helping, obviously. Yeah. We wanted to just get the fish out. And we just had me and, and a stocking driver. Somebody would, Joe would see that they saw the stocking truck. And, you know, before you knew it, Everyone and their brawler was Everybody there. Everybody was there. Right. Because that was the only outdoor activity they yeah, could get. Yeah, they were like, sorry, you can't help. And then we'll be like, you know, you can sit in your car and watch. So then I got 20 cards just watching me put fish in. Cause and as soon as you left, they all went fishing. Well, that, yeah, that or preseason beforehand, you know. Yeah. Then okay. they then they just watched. Yeah. Well, it's a, you know, they got to mark down. They do. They get really serious about it, don't they? They do. Wow. Hey, good for uh, them. Great. So. Now, is there anything else in being a, a waterways conservation officer that you do? I mean, boat safety, I'm sure, is huge. Yeah, I mean, we do a lot of this educational stuff, PR mm. events. We're here today, you know, answering questions from the public. We do a lot of school programs. I do a lot of, I teach the basic boating course. So okay. we teach that to our nice. to our to our residents and non-residents, whoever wants to get a, a license here. Um, <clears throat> I find that nice that non-residents can actually participate in that stuff. It, yeah. It, it was online, too. Is that still the case? Yep. We can, you can do it online or you can do an in-person. And still a non-resident can do that? I believe so, yeah. yeah. If you, for like where, where you're boating, so you know, like we say where you boat is where your registration needs to be. So mm-hmm. a lot of these people only boat here, like maybe at their summer home to have their license up here makes sense it does we do that kind of stuff i like i said i do a lot of school programs you know we go into Mm -hmm. schools teach kids about what we do or maybe teach them about reptiles amphibians things like that we do a lot of trout unlimited stuff or our sportsman clubs legislative contacts we kind of do a little bit of everything yeah so and the nice thing is waterway related yeah i think a big thing that a lot of people don't know we do is we do a lot of environmental Mm. law so we do um, fish kills, anything that happens with a pollution right. or even disturbances. So, you know, you have a bridge construction being done and they're not following their permits. So gotcha. they don't have the call for dam in correctly or they're not using a filter bag or booms like they should be. Mm-hmm. That's stuff that we enforce, which is actually pretty hefty on us. It's criminal charges for us if they're mm-hmm. not following those type of things. So that's a a big part of our job that a lot of people don't know we do Mm. as well as like we were talking pennsylvania is the only state that has a fish fish and boat and then a game commission we always say i deal with all the cold slimy wet things and the (laughs) the game commission gets to deal with all the furry cute cuddly things (laughs) so i deal with rattlesnakes and copperheads and and turtles and all that kind of stuff in my area i have a a good population of rattlesnakes and and copperheads so we're doing that kind of conservation work as well i'm not a snake guy never been a snake guy i'm i don't know i can handle reptiles turtles you you name it lizards are fine but it just the the snakes are just it's more the surprise than anything because let's face it every time the snake surprises you yeah and when there's one there's usually more Mm. the the best we do a lot of nuisance calls and we'll we'll go and move stuff for venomous snakes and whatnot i had this lady last year I, i show up with my my snake hook and um this this box in a bag she's like what are you gonna do i'm like i'm gonna get it she's like you're gonna get it with that thing i'm like well yes ma'am she's like you are brave i'm like well it's my job she expected you to have a shotgun i don't know what she expected really (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm like, drive over. I have no idea. But she's like, hats off to you. It's like, well, you know, I'll tell you the first time I ever had to move rattlesnake, I about, well, in the academy, they took us straight to a rattlesnake den. And they didn't give us traps. They didn't give us anything. I think they were just trying to weed us out yeah you know, only the strongest survive here <laughs> you know literally <laughs> yeah but like they took us there and there's hundreds of snakes you know and you're in high weeds blueberries like low shrubs and you're just like i just hope i don't step on a rattlesnake but they taught us how to do all that kind of stuff and huh. how to pit tag them and how to find where they're at. And, and most of us officers who deal with that on a regular basis are comfortable in that setting. Now mm-hmm. you get a, the city guy in Philly and they get called on a rattlesnake call. I don't know if they'd be so right so comfortable with it as we well, I remember be, getting so. the same training and uh, thinking that I'm never going to use this <laughs> stuff. And, and then you get called to a home that these people have all this stuff in and you're like, are you kidding me? You know, you're not supposed to have that here. Right. So the nice thing in northern New Hampshire, if they get out, they die. So That's true. I mean, here they do. Well, not the rattles, like the, the really exotic stuff. But Yeah. So yeah. you have no bulls, no pythons or anything like here. Or you do. In the wild? Well, they cut out. and. No, of, I mean, they'll die. But yes. that's the one thing in Pennsylvania is that, and I, I know our laws are probably changing, but we're one of the laws only states always changing. that don't regulate anything. Like, you can own, like, really the most venomous snake you want, as long as it doesn't break your own ordinance. So, I wow. think last year we recovered four or five alligators out of the, <laughs> out of the river <laughs> that have gotten loose, or people, you know, they buy them at these shows, at the reptile shows, and then... Uh-huh. They, uh, it gets too big, and then now, they're, well, how am I going to feed this thing? i got to feed it, Dump you know. it in the river. Yep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So, your first alligator call, you weren't even, you, you must have been a little surprised. I guess. I mean, I was warned. We yeah. have, we have, um, with these shows, like these reptile yeah. expos, and we have them all the time mm. in Pennsylvania. Yeah, and because it's unregulated, so why wouldn't they? That's where they go. Correct. So... Yeah. And I think we're now seeing the issue, obviously. Mm. So I think things are changing in the future. But people get a, a nice little 12-inch alligator. You know, yeah. Those and then they think cute. it's always going to be 12 inches. I'm going to feed it some goldfish. And then, you know, then I got to feed it chicken. And then I got to feed turkeys, it. turkeys. Yeah, right. Small pigs. And then they're like, <laughs> how am I feeding this thing? Like we came, one guy's, his got loose, I guess you could say. And the officer went to re-deliver it back to him. He had this whole outside enclosure for this thing. His entire backyard wow. was this big enclosure for this alligator. Wow. And, I'm like, and this was in the city. This was in a city. That was a good size alligator. Yeah. So wow. I'm just like, these people, good That's for them. Definitely so, cool. Yeah. Uh, any other cool stories? <laughs> I don't Lis- know. Listeners love stories. They <laughs> love they love game warden stories. <laughs> Let me think. I don't. I mean, know. not that the alligator wasn't a cool story. That was that was a cool story, for sure. <clears throat> I don't so. know. I I mean, in this job, I I've had two kids. Mm-hmm. It's been a it's been a whirlwind for the last I seven years for me. Yeah, I worked this job in my full capacity until for my with my first kid till uh, three days before I. Had Are you kidding me? Had my child. Wow. So and then my second child, I worked I think a week before. I ended up. That's impressive. And Good I did you. my, I covered my district and did everything. So I, I mean, I, I don't think I was probably the most effective officer at, you know, uh, probably nine, not, months, but nine months pregnant in August, yeah. but you certainly so been, made all the calls and did <laughs> was, things like that. So that's, uh, so yeah, I mean, I had that going for me and now I have, I'm, did they have to continually order uniforms for you? 
yeah, that was that was the ongoing joke. Yeah, you know, I'm like, I hey, bet it was. That's uh, all I could think of. Can I just? <laughs> and, and if you had a photo, I would love a photo like oh, that. Geez. I bet you do because that was. I do have some photos. Yeah, I yeah. was not the. Uh, 80 pounds heavier and you know uh, being on your feet all day you i know. can't it even was, imagine was, i really can't <laughs> it was you quite know. interesting no that's impressive uh, well yeah so then i i went through that and then after those years and i became a, a field training officer and i was covering four counties myself mm-hmm. we had a really big lull in um our hiring process so i was covering <clears throat> frank or fulton franklin adams and york myself mm-hmm. I just had a really stellar year because I was just, I came off uh, maternity leave and I was just, you know, itching. I just had at it. And then I was an FTO and the other officer that was over there, he's now my neighboring officer who is my, who I field trained. Oh, nice. Which he's way better than me now. I don't, now <laughs> he's going to hear this. with a little age. <laughs> no, yeah, I guess he's just, he's a stellar officer. Yeah. You know, he's young and he lives for this job and yep. he's awesome. But I, ha- I train those same people. I know. Mm-hmm. Good for him. He knows way yeah. too much. And they, and they love making cases that you couldn't make and things like that. Yeah. yeah. So, you I, know, when I have to be you know, taking my kids to the doctor or to daycare, you know, he's able to get up at mm-hmm. 4 a.m. and sit on that guy that we've mm-hmm. been waiting for. You yeah. know, it's a, it's a good relationship, but cool. Um, yeah. And that, and then that year since I was just, crazy all over the place they nominated me as officer of the year and i got officer of the year last year so nice it was, yeah it was great and how long you been on seven years okay so six as an officer and then seven from being in the academy i'm really the nice thing about this job is y'all can find your niche some guys really like fishing enforcement some guys are really into be boating under the influence and they like that that boating in enforcement some mm-hmm. guys like that environmental stuff you can just find like what suits you obviously you still do your job but just find that one thing that right. you really like Specialize to do in. right and you're able to help your other your local officer and you guys work together mm. and you just become a power team pretty much so yeah so, yeah that's great you always choose what you're not strong at the next person hopefully is and that's and balance that's that's kind of what i think as neighboring officers mm. a lot of us work really well together and we just kind of all have our own little niche mm. and we How's go to each other command structure work do you have sergeants do you have lieutenants do you have yes so we have in the south central uh, we have i be, i'm i can't think of how many officers we have off the top of my head maybe 12 13 officers mm. and then we have two sergeants who cover half of that so one off one sergeant's covering six officers, the other one's covering five officers. Then we have a captain who is in charge of those two sergeants. Mm. We have six of those. We have six different regions okay. in Pennsylvania. And then those six captains are under two lieutenant colonels, which splits the the state in half. Gotcha. So then we have two lieutenant colonels, one's for the north and one's for the south. And then huh. we have our colonel. So our upper ranks are very sparse. Yeah. With great. that, we're just a really tight knit group. Like mm-hmm. everyone knows what everyone's doing, right. good or bad. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's that's great. Mm-hmm. No, thanks for taking time out of your day at the Great American Outdoor Show. Absolutely. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you and understanding, uh, you know, the, the waterway conservation officer role here in Pennsylvania and it is very unique yes Uh, so I think a lot of listeners are going to really enjoy 
the differences and i i did too the golden trout thing just <laughs> you totally threw me on that um, well you'll have to come out here and catch yourself a golden trout uh, i guess I i'll don't have know. to get my husband to take a picture of like the fish in the raceway so you can see what they look like and yeah well, I told you that she posted it, and I'm like, what's she fishing in a goldfish pond or something? I just never, you know, it was like this big deal, and I'm like, it's, it's a yellow fish that stands out like a sore thumb. To um, each their own, that's what I say. Yeah, it's just, it's 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 different, you know. And I'm a, I like the river smallmouth bass, walleye, that kind yeah, of stuff, so. Yeah, I'm a pan, I like to eat things, so. And I do, too. And you know what? Bluegill and crappy. I hate to say this on my podcast, but when you stock those fish, you don't yes. like them after a while. <laughs> when my husband raises them, yeah. you know, and then it's yeah, just... Yeah, you have trout at your house very often? I, if we want it, I guess, but... Yeah, but when do you want it? Because you just... I don't. He's been touching it all day long, and <laughs> exactly, last thing he right? wants to see is he's going to eat it now, and... <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I the same way. I don't like trout fishing that much because I stocked, uh, I don't know how many in my career, too. Not as much as you, I'll tell you that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I stocked a lot of fish. And, yeah, trout just haven't been my favorite because I'm like, uh, this natural selection, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so Absolutely. if the bass are going to take it over, the bass are going to take it over. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just doing a little bit here. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's my fisheries biology, and all my fishery biology friends are going to be like mad at me now. So. Well, they all everyone thinks I'm a biologist because I have a biology degree. So all the, war, the so they ask you all those questions. So they'll be like, Rachel's got a biology degree. She knows, you know, yeah. and I can, you know, you can. I can lie through my teeth, and anyone mm-hmm. will believe what I say. Well, Perfect for the most part, and then after a while, you know, I cry wolf enough, I guess, and then they're like. <laughs> Yeah, she's a line of bull. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool, Rachel. Well, again, thank you. And yeah, we'll continue serving the public here at the Great American Outdoor Show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And if you've enjoyed this episode of Warden's Watch, if you could rate Warden's Watch podcast on where you listen to podcasts. Thank you very much. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.